Hello, and welcome back uh, to episode two of the Art Scene podcast covering Joan Miro. Uh, this is Eric from LA and Lisa from Paris, who is giving me a nice rundown of Miro's life. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in episode two, we're covering Joan Smear's more like personal charm, personal life. So let's get started. So as I said in episode first, he is born in Barcelona in 1893. But like in more details, he was born into family of watchmaker mm. and goldsmith. Like his father is working that period. And so it's not related to, you know, the art world, art. And actually, his father wants him to grow up as a businessman. So in at the age of 15 or 16, he, his father sent Miro to the business school. It's not business school, but at that epoch, it's, you know, like, how do you say, um, like work school or something to learn the specific skill. Okay. So yeah. he learns to be an accountant at really? the age of 16 or 17. Yes. But he really didn't like it. <laughs> Actually, he, he finished two years of school, but. But at the same time, he was he's really passionate about his like his desire to be an artist. Mm -hmm. So he was really struggling between you know the parents' parents' expectation and also his desire. And he persuaded his parents to go to the art school, and finally he could make it to the go to the art school in Barcelona at the age of 18. Wow. So I guess he so he was just following more like what his parents wanted for him to like at the younger age at yeah. the young age. Um, was he making work around this time? I think so. Maybe some part time or I don't know for details, but um, Maybe after school, he works a little bit. And then at the time, he decided he wants to quit. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, and there is some material that covers that he has at the age of 18, when he decided to be an artist, he was struggling as well to have, to have disorder, like depression. Mm. There are not evi no no evidence uh, I can find for wh why he is depressed, but maybe it's linked to. It might be linked, to struggling his future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with how expressive uh, his paintings are, I can see that. Um, like accounting is there, you know, you can't like make up the <laughs> numbers you really... want. <laughs> yeah. Totally the opposite of the work. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So at the age of 18, he entered the like art school 
and Barcelona. So, and there are at the moment there are some um people you know who are as passionate as him to be an artist. And interesting in really in the latter age of his life, he's really valued his friends when who he met during that like you know art school in Barcelona. Are any of his friends people that we would know of? They, they're not many like as popular as Miro, mm-hmm. but still there is one artist that he influenced him so much is, I would say, Joseph Lawrence Altigas, who is poet, um, for sculptor, oh, ceramist, okay. mm-hmm. and he has so, and he and Miro has made the sculptor and ceramic together so as i said in episode first he's really keen on um making sculpture more in 1950s in or 40s so it that's he's like altigas really influenced him miro to make and he's and that guy like joseph lauren altigas is He's Mira's friend in the art school in Barcelona. So yeah, wow. Yeah, they have been friends for like many years, and Mira has made um, some artwork, like ceramic artworks, not only with Artigas himself, but also the son of Artigas. So like family, they are really close in the family mm. as a family as well. And also one of the other architect whose name is Selt, Mr. Selt. And he's the professor. He's becoming an architect as well as professor of Harvard, University of Harvard. Oh, wow. And so he's also one of the classmates in the art school. And in the later years, he, Miro, asked Mr. Cell to um, build Miro's atelier in Mallorca Island. Uh, what is an atelier? Is that atelier. Like, is that a house? I'm at- I'm just not familiar with what it is. No, at- atelier. Huh? Isn't it said in English atelier? <laughs> I no, I just don't know what the word means. <laughs> it's where artists work. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know how to say in English. Uh, I would just say a studio. Oh, okay. Maybe atelier is coming from um, French words. Yeah, I think so. And we'll say we'll say very often, like where artists work. Yeah, studio is the same word. Okay, that's cool though. Yeah. Having like somebody who can build a, a studio. <laughs> I know. So after like he asked... Like Mr. Cell, maybe like four after forty years of their connection, they're knowing each other. So it's really interesting how like they influenced each other. Yeah, yeah. After the graduating or learning the art school, like in few years he stayed in Barcelona, but he noticed that there is not like oh. Um, he, he he thinks that it's not right place to be 
as an artist. Mm, okay. He, you know, sometimes he has um, exposed his artworks, but Barcelona at that time, Barcelona is not the center of the art. So he decides to go to Paris. The, so we know that Catalonia had a big impact on his artwork and personality. Um, but was was he going to Paris, like bringing almost a Catalonian like spirit of art, or did he like start fresh in Paris? Actually, both. Oh, really? Because he comes, he he comes comes back to Catalan every summer. Mm. So every, you know, summer, like in for two months or something, two months or three months. So, of course, and, you know, he is born and raised in Catalan. So he, he, he really wants to fresh his mind, but still he he's leveraged his, well, his strengths as well in Paris. Uh-huh. So he moved to Paris in 1921, but still before that, he actually came to Paris once to see if it's, if he can move definitely to uh-huh. live in Paris into 1920. And that's when Miro met Picasso. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was introduced as a, like, a Catalan artist. And at the time... Picasso was not that famous, so he also lived in very small, tiny studio mm-hmm. <laughs> in Paris, and they were gathering in Montparnasse's cafe. And at the time, at the epoch, he, uh, Miro lived in Paris maybe three or six months. So kind of a long stay. Yeah, to see the life, and and after one year, he decided to go to um, to to work as an artist in Paris but I think now it's also the same but like many people many artists who wants to be famous or who wants to be outstanding goes to London or New York or LA you know but still it's pretty hard to live by only artwork oh yeah so Mir is also st- struggling so in 1921, he has a first exhibition, solo exhibition in Paris, but nobody bought his artwork or only his friends who he know, he met in cafe visited. <laughs> oh, wow. Did he like put on the show himself or was that part of a gallery? Like, did he have support from a gallery or something at that time? He was exhibited in the gallery, but the reality is I, I'm not sure if he... I don't think um, gallery supports him. Mm. So he just... Maybe gallery just let him exhibit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, there's a difference. So after his solo exhibition, so where not single piece was sold, so he needs to... He is forced to go back to Montreux. So so it's, it's a Catalan small um village where his parents have the second house so he he he's forced to go back because he is out of money oh man <laughs> <laughs> so he came to paris to be an artist but he couldn't during the summertime so he 
was back to Montreux. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he he drew the the artwork called the firm, which is which is being thought as one of the, his important works. And the firm is covering the objectives of like as as it's entitled um, the firm in the Montreux. So it's written. So after like, and he devoted like six months or so to um, paint those one work. So he he's really confident of that work, like that firm. So after like six months, he came back to Paris and and he went to galleries to like, and persuade them to maybe buy my artwork and also to exhibit these artworks. But all the gallery refused to buy or expose his representative work. So after being refused, Miro decided to show it to only, you know, you their friends because friends in cafe in Montparnasse because that is the safe place and there are many of his friends gathering in the mm-hmm. cafe. So he decided to show it in cafe the farm and this and that time and Ernest Hemingway yeah the famous one he bought that one. Oh, really yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> by 5,000 francs I don't know how much is it that's a lot right epoch. yeah wow um, so maybe it's kind of friends that both friends artists work kind of thing yeah. So remember, even Master Mira has those, you know, time, hard time as an artist. Yeah, that is one thing to always keep in mind with yeah. looking at these artists and imagining like um, it can take a ton of time to like get get that lucky break where you start to have way more popularity. But it's also wild (laughs) to think like how many of these famous people all knew each other (laughs) back then i know those those times (laughs) everyone who has talent gathered together it seems yeah so paris has impacted him as like his life and interestingly he said like all of my education was in paris like I, i mean in as an artist so he said, I, it was in Paris that I was really formed intellectually. And also he said, when I think about the project or to build something, I always think in French. So from that word, we can know like Paris in that, Paris in that era really influenced him Yeah, as an artist. And his, his working style, um, seems like it was kind of interesting he he was sort of known as like a very professional kind of person right yeah he's really really punctual and really neat so my um this is my grandfather's words and he he said mirrors as a maestro who doesn't look like a maestro because he works really like in time order and also he always like wears in tie and suit 
and going out. So he he really seems to be like a banker or like business person. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to imagine um, because his painting style is so loose and I guess... yeah, loose and <laughs> randomly, right? Yeah, but yeah. He's his life is really punctual and regular. So it seems he's, he works from morning till like 2 p.m. when mm-hmm. he is in Spain and 1 p.m. when he is in Paris because, you know, it depends on the lunchtime when he had. So after that, he seems to doesn't, he, he seems not to work. He thinks that uh, there is a like morning time until lunch is, like production time and after lunch and also he has a siesta of 20 30 minutes and after siesta is the time for research or more more imagination side so he reads and sometimes he writes the letters but like not drawing and maybe uh, walk a lot on the city etc isn't it interesting <laughs> <laughs> in in france is there like a like siesta culture do people take naps no we don't have okay so he just carried that over Mm -hmm. as i mentioned i've never been to paris but it seems like at that time just walking around like gave people a lot of inspiration do you also feel like you get inspiration walking around paris Mm. (laughs) or does it feel really different now it depends on the area i think but like in where he lives is very center of the like near Montparnasse it's the really center near close to center of the Paris mm-hmm. center center Paris itself is really small so you can like walk around really easily but still Montparnasse is also really close to center so I think like walking those and see you know Paris on Seine River or other monumental architects maybe he refresh, mm-hmm. and also maybe in like in walk, you can encounter many of friends which maybe inspire him. Yeah, yeah. Like according to the some materials, Miro lives in the street where many aspiring artists mm-hmm. can live there. So they maybe encounter and by exchanging some ideas. Yeah, yeah. So his work style was really, I guess, regimented. But what was his personality like? Miro himself describes as silent by nature and pessimistic, (laughs) (laughs) which is really totally the opposite of his artworks, isn't it? Yeah. Did he ever comment on like his artwork being, you know, not not silent or pessimistic? Yeah, he said, like, maybe my artworks are really naturally drive my personality and drive from my desire to escape my personality of pessimistic. Huh, that's funny to, like, have the self-reflection of thinking that your artwork is to try and escape your own personality. Mm-hmm. And also a friend of Miro, which is my grandfather, <laughs> said... <laughs> Because he's um my my grandfather spent with Mira during his stay in Japan, and also he spent so much time in Paris and also in 
an atelier or studio in Mallorca. So he he himself spent so much time with Mira, and he said like he was able to spend many hours in silence with Mira, and Mira doesn't talk much. But still, we were able to have a good time without being bothered by each other. And he said being with him makes me discover a new perspective. Like a new perspective on just being quiet? No, um, no, being new perspective of how he sees the world. Like, for example, in Japan, when he was guided in the very beautiful garden or very um, old shrine or something, but his eyes are really into the very tiny things. For example, the trash can. Oh, yeah. Like something popped up from trash can. But like Mira's artwork's image comes from those like typical things that ordinary people can't can ignore daily life but mirror is really keen on seeing those things and Bruce imagine by himself so that's why he said like he being with him makes me discover new perspectives like the heat sight is always different from what ordinary people see so most people would be looking at the the buildings and stuff in the shrine <laughs> but he finds it interesting that there's a trash can there exactly <laughs> <laughs> and apparently in his atelier studio there are many um i i don't say it's garbage but <laughs> some people might think as a garbage like these we, we can say them call them toys but <laughs> we can call them trash did he use them in his artwork or as an inspiration. Huh. Yeah, ah, he, here it is. Wooden boat rudder, large wooden wheel, broken mannequin doll, rotting wood found on the beach, etc. Wow. <laughs> so, so it's kind of waste material, the mysterious things. He keep it and leave it in atelier or in the garden of his studio and his home. So, and he made it for his inspiration. He himself called his work style and uh, personal style as a gardener. So he he raised his image into grew up and into the one artwork. Oh, okay. So he's like like he is planting the seed yeah. like of the idea or concept and just slowly growing it over time. Mm -hmm. He repeatedly worked with hands as well, mm -hmm. based on the image, and nurtured the image by himself by writing and also by thinking. And sometimes it makes him like, so there is a funny story here. So he received a letter from his friend. And in that letter, it's the red aloe is written just the image, the red mm -hmm. aloe on it. And that red image grew inside him. And after eight years, he became that, based on those red aloe on the letter from friend, became work artwork. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I can certainly see how like um broken stuff would inspire him. Yeah. So he's really staring at things and thinking and that's why he's very maybe silent. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he seems to he describes himself as a gardener. I work like a gardener. <laughs> that's cool. And another personal episode is his wife. So his wife is Pillard, called on name Pillard, and they are get they get they got married in 1929. And interestingly, they have been together for 60 years. I say interestingly because you know that um, I don't want to prejudge, but um, many artists at that uh, epoch, especially for you know maestro, they change their epos <laughs> sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they've been together like for sixty years, and they are really in good relationship. And you know, I said Mira moved to Majorica in nineteen fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. to Majorica Island. But it is why um, this is because his Mira's mother is from Majorica and also his wife, Pirat, is Majorca as well. Uh, so he decided to his mother and also his wife, wife's like bone place. And he passed away in Majorca as well. Oh, wow. You know, sometimes the master's wife can be very bossy or act like a, oh, my husband is blah, blah, blah kind of person, like representative <laughs> of the artist. Okay. Yeah, but like she's not that way. Like she really talks about or rebuke his friend's, friend's artworks. So, but interestingly, she really cares about his mirror's health strictly so she really manages his health that's why maybe mira could live until 90. yeah that's a long time yeah so she was just very supportive but like had had no opinions really about the art world exactly so she really supports him but you know yeah as i said he didn't they she didn't talk or like no express her opinion Mm. too much and he he seemed he doesn't seem to like socializing a lot so he of course he attends some you know his exposition like opening party or something but he doesn't want to according to the book he doesn't want to you know stay too long or like to socialize too much which is interesting so I feel really close to him (laughs) (laughs) So that's all for the personality part. So next episode, we will cover... The connection between Mira and Japan. Ah, okay. Yeah, because, you know, in Catalan, Barcelona and Japan is really far from far, but Mira is really dream of Japan. So what's the connection between them? I will cover those one from episode three. Alrighty. Well, I'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.